Hello, and welcome to episode 77 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner, and this is my podcast where I chat with the online types. This week's friend is a very cool comedian, writer, online personality, Twitch streamer, at hog underscore mild. It was so much fun talking to Annika about whatever and then some. I must apologize to you, the loyal listener, have not maintained a consistent posting schedule, but I hope this episode tides you over. It was so much fun talking to Annika, and I just found out that she'll be moving to Canada, so perhaps an IRL meetup is on the cards for the future. But in the meantime, please enjoy Friends of the Show, episode 77 with Hog Mild. Uh, um... Oh, I see what it is. Hold on. Nope, that's not it. Uh... Hi, 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 hi. Okay, I can hear you. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, there's always, anytime I use like a new audio thing, whether it's like Skype or Zoom, my um, setting reverts to like my mic only because it doesn't seem to understand that a microphone doesn't also function as speakers. And I, it's, my computer's truly doing its best and it's failing miserably. But oh, anyway. well, well, we figured, we figured it out. <laughs> Great troubleshooting in the moment. I was really sweating it because <laughs> I was like, all my things look like they're connected right. <laughs> and all, I'm getting good sound. Um, so I'm glad that we sorted it out. Yeah. And welcome to the show. Thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. Annika. Right. Is that right? Is that correct? It, yeah, it is. I like the extra emphasis on it. Just, Attica. it's good. It's very good. Well, so Stephen, that, hello. Thank you. You have, a, you have a very Canadian accent. It's fun. Really? I have a Canadian accent. I do not get that very often, but I am definitely Canadian and I definitely have it. But so what? Yeah. what's really popping off for with my accent? Is It, my... it is. Um, I'm so glad you asked. So I... Uh, I am I am shortly going to be moving to I think the same city that you are in, which is very uh, yes, exciting. Very exciting, uh, or near a, a, an adjacent city in the same um, province. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I probably won't be, you know, in in Toronto proper, but um, you have what we linguists like to call chubby vowels. It's like that's not the official term for it, but it's like. Where, I mean, it's it's sort of, if you've watched, like, the movie Fargo, and I'm just explaining your own accent to you now, which is probably a little pedantic, but, like, it's where you get, like, you sort of get those kind of round vowels where you're talking, you know? Like, where it just gets a little bit round with your sort of, like, your your deeper back vowels. Um, okay, yeah. I, I, yeah, I do hear it now in my own voice, and I, like, I don't think we're quite in Minnesota Fargo territory, but now I can hear that I'm on the spectrum of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not quite the same, but it's just cuz like American like super American English Americans tend to talk like the with the front of their mouths a lot. Like we really we don't tend to do like a lot of rounding or like like Americans would be really good ventriloquists cuz we all just speak with like our mouths really closed and really at the front of our mouths. So you tend to get like non-american english that has a little bit more like deepness to its vowels and like rounding um around the vowels just because uh i don't know it's just a difference in accents wow it's really cool yeah i was just thinking about how that would um how that manifests like because they speak out of the front of their mouths They're like oh yeah they really shape that air on the way out <laughs> with the teeth and the tongue and the lips or whatever and we're just like puffing it out from the back of the throat yeah, you get that out, like you just said, which about. I think is, I think it's cool. I've been, uh, I've been reading a lot about voice acting, um, and like how people do accents and it's, it's crazy. It's so, it's such an interesting thing to, to read about, especially cause like a lot of us think we can do accents cause there's like, like a sentence I can say with a Scottish accent, but yeah. the moment it's like, oh no, try to like Fighting say things other than your keywords. Suddenly it gets way harder. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I love doing accents, as people on the show know. And yeah, maybe they're not that good, and they probably my UK accent um, shifts between uh, <laughs> regions pretty good and dialects. It'll be uh, some de some old London, some proper London, and then it'll be from wherever. <laughs> just... Yeah, just head up Walt like Welsh to uh, to Cockney to like 
Queen's English just, just sort of somehow, yeah, around. South African a little. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Anytime I try to do like an Australian accent, it just turns into like, yeah, like a little South African, and then just it. I don't know where it's going. You need Man, those. It's a real Carmen San Diego. You're like, where? Where are you? <laughs> like, what's going on? You do need those keywords or those key phrases to really lock you in. I know that a lot of people who do accents have those things that like will. We'll sink them back into the character or to the voice or to start rounding those uh, syllables or whatever. Rounding the rounding vowels, the vowels yeah. on those uh, on those accents. So what are your what are your top three favorite accents? Australian uh, to to hear or to try to do. Okay, three different lists. I mean, two um, different lists. Yeah, my favorite one. So. Uh, oh, wow. The thing is, is that I, I kind of love all accents because it is. It's just like. Be- because I studied linguistics and because I like um, like linguistics so much, like how how accents manifest and how those kind of tie back to like the person's native language is always super interesting to me. But I think, oh boy, I love I love Russian ac- accents. I think they're amazing. Um, I really like. Um, Northern European sort of Scandinavian accents. You get sort of oh, like yeah. that, you know, like the Swedish Swedish chef lilt where it's sort of like bouncing up and down, which is very, very endearing. Um, and then, God, there's just, there's so many cool accents out there. I there's love a little bit. There's a whole world of accents. The world of accents. Um, and then I think there's a lot of like, like the Cambodian accent's really pretty. Um, the uh, Filipino accent, which is obviously a very broad, very broad range. Like there's just there's a lot of cool stuff out there. So you can find you can find something neat in every single accent. I think. Mm-hmm. So which one can you do the best? <laughs> None. Can't do any of them. You can't do um, them. <laughs> I can do. Uh, I'm not gonna do it, but I, I can sort of do like a not a good German accent, but like a snidely whiplash like German. Okay, not like, a very spe- something very specific. Just kind of a German, a generic German slash Eastern European villain accent, and then um, I stream on Twitch, and I've lately been streaming dating sims, and to make them interesting, I've been trying to do voices. So. Not a lot of accents for that, just trying to do a lot of different voices. Um, And I like to do, because my voice is already, like, pretty deep, I like to do, like, very deep, distinguished man voices. I think those are a (laughs) lot of fun to do. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's fun to try to, like, try to learn how to do them. And it's not good, but it's... That is <laughs> exactly it's not good and it's hard and it's um, but it is fun to do. And then eventually, exactly. if you do get your couple of sentences, you could impress people at a party. Uh, <laughs> then there you go. It's right? all worth it, especially with like quarantine coming to an end. I, I'm looking back on like the things that I accomplished during it. And uh, I'm like, you know, I feel like I tried to take some time during quarantine to like do some cool stuff, but. I don't want to like stop doing that now that quarantine's kind of coming to the end, at least around here. So I'm like, fuck it. I guess I'll just learn how to do, learn how to do voices. Yeah, learn how to do voices. Keep that list going and keep knocking items off the list. What are some other items on your list that you've been that you tried to do or you started or you you did during the <laughs> the uh, oh yeah elephant in the room global pandemic at the time of this recording. Uh, over one year into the official global pandemic and um yeah doing okay we've both made it this far so how are you doing on your end there i'm good man i'm good have you been uh real quick have you been vaccinated yet i know canada's been a little little behind on that a little behind up in here yeah (laughs) so not vaccinated at the time of this recording my um lovely wife is on the email box she's sending out things trying to get uh, reservations at this point, um, not currently open to our age bracket in our current area, but like there's other areas nearby that you can kind of go into. Maybe uh, there's like sure. this vaccine hunters site that tells you where to go and what to say <laughs> to get your vaccine. Wild. Yeah, it's yeah, really wild. I've, but I've uh, heard that like right now Canada's doing like um, prioritizing first shots for everyone. So some people that have gotten their first shot are now on like a four month waiting list for the second one. Yep. Yeah, lots of people, lots of like basically everybody I know, like my elderly family has had their first shot. 
Um, got it, got it, got but it. But the next shot is whatever, fall. So, oh, good Lord. Don't know oh. about that. But yeah, happy to hear that you guys did a good vaccine rollout. We didn't. We picked the wrong supplier yeah, bad websites we have incompetent government in some of our provinces um doing the rollout so uh, yeah a little now bit. steven what is it like to have an incompetent government i'm not sure mm-hmm. i'm not sure i can relate <laughs> to that that sounds really just really you foreign. know what i'm talking about <laughs> you're just coming out of it you're out of the you're still in the foggy haze and hey maybe heading back into the foggy haze that the the he who must not be named still has quite a lot of pull apparently <laughs> Totally. And, you know, I mean, that's um, even with him out of office, like things are still things are still terrible because it's not just, you know, it wasn't just that that presidency that made things bad. It's (laughs) the entire system just has always been corrupt and terrible and awful. So uh, that aside, back to the more lighthearted stuff. I during (laughs) quarantine, I. Wow, what did I do? I, I wrote my first pilot, which was really cool. Oh, nice. Um, was it a half hour? What is it? Is it a uh, a lighthearted comedy, a sitcom? It is. It's a lighthearted comedy. It is, um, yeah, sitcom, half an hour. T- takes place in um, a boxing gym because I um, used to... I I used to, before quarantine, I was in and out as a boxing coach, um, and I was a really avid boxer. Um, I'd been training to box uh, at an amateur level, and unfortunately, I got my medical clearance revoked, but huge, huge fan of that. So uh, I just wanted to, like, set something in a world like that because there's a lot lot of funny stuff happening in a space like that that I think a lot of people don't know about. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, when do you see, you see like Rocky <laughs> every whatever 10 years we get or get a Rocky or get the revival Rockies, the Creed, right? Or like, you look at, I don't know, while, like, get a million dollar I, baby. <laughs> maybe it's just like the demographic of Twitter that I follow, but like, you see so many of these MMA people and they're just garbage people. And I'm like, you know, this is a world that like has some really cool people in it, but a lot of misconceptions and or accurate conceptions of icky people in it. So I'm like, maybe I could make something that's not like that. But started writing for, I I wrote a pilot, started writing um, headlines for the Onion Gamers Network, which is like the Onion, but just for video games. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I am, uh, I'm working at IGN now writing video game walkthroughs. So I've been, I've been pretty busy. I've wow, been, that's been great. doing a lot of new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Video games is cool. It's the wave of the future. It's what we all want to, we all wanted to work in video games at 12 years old, but we just didn't know that <laughs> at the time because it wasn't really a thing. You couldn't just play video games as a you job. Couldn't. And that's why, I don't know. Twitch is so interesting to me. I just, um, I had been working in esports at Twitch recently, and I left that to take a job to write for uh, Amazon Prime Video. And uh, I just, I don't know, esports was really a really interesting thing to observe. And yeah, that's what I want to see the pilot <laughs> of. You I want to know. I want to know about <laughs> these uh, gamer fueled guys or whatever and the fans like people who like i remember watching my friend play a video game like you remember sitting on a couch and you'd have to wait for your turn to play or whatever but now it's like you don't even get a turn you just <laughs> you just have to watch the whole time like it's that's so interesting yeah and i i mean i tend to i don't tend to watch esports i tend to watch speedrunners because to me that's just like super interesting is this whole thing where it's like someone created a game to be like oh, here's a cool storyline or like, let's explore it. And <laughs> speedrunners are like, no, fuck that. I'm going to get this done as quickly as possible. And I just think that's such a cool, I don't know. I just, I think that's super interesting. Um, and apparently now like the gaming demographic, gaming game viewing demographic is now um, Googling the word uh, speedrunner or speedrunning more than they're googling the word esports. So I'm curious to see oh, how that changes. Oh, could be a shift. I'll just I'll say that I I enjoyed working in esports and I met a lot of cool people. But whatever 
dear listener, if you're like, I have this conception of esports, um, whatever your uh, conception is, is is right. It's just it's very <laughs> it's very bro dominated, um, which can kind of kind of get a little tiring. But yeah, those rooms get <laughs> ro- those big rooms will get stinky. <laughs> Yeah. Filled with a bunch of dudes in hoodies just sweating in their big chairs. Oh man, it's not even it's not even gamers. It's it's like esports production is dominated by tech bros. Like it's it's that sort of it's that new wave of gamer where it's like the streetwear gamer who's like like super buff and like super into Call of Duty and that's not a bad thing. Like that's not a bad way to be, but it's just, it's, it sure is a thing. <laughs> yeah. Big wave of things. It's like people are now making fun of those 2006 guys wearing Hollister shirts who had the pop collars <laughs> and the, that change, but that's just going to be certain dem- other demographics in 10 years. Like everyone looks stupid 10 years ago. <laughs> God, Hollister. Do you remember? Maybe, maybe you didn't have this experience, but like, Hollister in a mall, they used to hire people to just like stand outside of it who were just like hot and they were just like human models right. standing. It was so they had, weird. The thing was, because we're in, up in Canada, right? So Hollister yeah. became a thing in the States before it like made it up to Canada. So it was already had its stuff like figured out. So we didn't uh-huh. have the people, we didn't have like the hot people hanging out out front like that wasn't necessary (laughs) just having the Hollister already by that point was like drawing the people in but it was like the air was thick (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it was thick and dark in there and the music was was loud and yeah everyone who worked there they were a head turner (laughs) they were like I don't even know how you would get like how did you get that many hot people to work (laughs) at this one place and I mean they weren't hiring them for their customer service skills because it certainly was not no it was them like standing <laughs> together in this at the sides of the store not doing anything while all the regular folk gawked <laughs> and walked through this weird jungle maze i will say any teenager who went into hollister willingly is braver than any troops in the world like going into a Hollister as a teen and maybe it's because I was like a pretty hefty teenager and everyone that worked there was like not that you know I it was very much like going through this gauntlet of like fear and self-loathing it was a terrible being a teenager is just if you can skip it skip it just go from like (laughs) 10 to like 24 Everything in between is just you don't need it. Like no one needs no one needs that experience at all. You definitely don't need to go into a Hollister. I remember it's I can vividly remember. I think it's like a scent memory because of the strong scents that they had or whatever. It's like in brain uh, in my in my brain. Like I don't often remember times when I went into a store, but Hollister it was like I went in, did one big like lap, checked it all out, and then <laughs> was like never again. Oh, and you, yeah, you could chew the air. You could just like, you're like, oh, I could taste it. I get, oh, it, they just. I wasn't I sure if it was like a fog machine or if it was just like <laughs> sweat from all the people that were like in there, like packed tightly because it was new and very busy at the time. Um, not sure why the air was so thick and humid. Oh my God, it was so. And they so... funneled people through it, the tight entrances. It was like a different world. Like you're in the mall and then all of a sudden, no, you're, where, <laughs> where are you? I just I miss I miss malls like I'm gonna go become I used to work at a place in a mall and I'd get there early and there were always these like you know these octogenarians just like old as dust shuffling around doing their little like mall walks mall walks great way to keep healthy they're so like you know in my like early 20s I was like why would you walk in a mall and now I'm like once quarantine's done all I'm going to do is just walk in a mall. Like they're going to have to like forcefully eject me from the premises. Cause like, I just want to walk through a mall. That's all I want to do. Yeah. The main thing would be the climate control, the nice, even walking surfaces, the nice, I guess people watching a lot of great reasons, but yeah, malls <laughs> are canceled due to global pandemic. And every time they try to reopen malls, I'm like, don't just d- don't wait, just it. wait. Yeah. Just, we don't need I them. just want a mall care Literally. package where you send me like an 
Auntie Annie's soft pretzel and like a Cinnabon. Do you have those? Have you had those before? Yes. Yeah. Yes. They're, that's all I want is just mall. Give me like food court food. That's food all I really need. Food court food. Is that what your go-to would be? Cinnabon? You go to the sweets first? You don't go to... I think so. Yeah. I, to... I think that's probably... Because all the other ones I feel like I can get in like an airport. Like I'll get a Panda Express if I'm feeling particularly self-destructive. Right. But I don't know. I'll just... I will... I'll go for a cinnamon roll. I think they're great. Food courts for the sweets. Yeah, what would you go for? That's tough. I always balk at the food court because maybe it's like too many options and my brain just can't figure it out. So you, I wish I had a default one because that would just make it easy. But then I'm always like, but what if I try something else? And it's like every time I try <laughs> something new or whatever, it's bad. I mess up the order. I order like the worst thing. It's like expensive or it's bad or like the people making it just that day <laughs> really mess up. Oh, God. It's like I yeah. had so many bad like mall food court experiences that I really just avoid mall food courts at all costs. Really I also of. get like I get performance anxiety whenever I have to order fast food because I don't do it very often. So and I feel like I'll see people in fast food be like, oh yeah, could I get a number six small fry diet coke? Blah, and I'm Pros. just there like, what do you recommend? What can you tell me the special of the day at this Arby's, good sir? And I just <laughs> like I don't know how to do it, so I'm just like, I oh I don't know what to do. You definitely need a plan, although in today's modern society, uh, it's becoming easier and easier. You don't even really have to deal with people. You can do it through an app. Usually you can do it through a robot screen um, at McDonald's. Uh, they've recently rolled those out. They, they're they really working towards eliminating any of the <laughs> go-betweens where it's like, yeah, you messed up. You you actually punched in this order and we just have the receipt nice from second, your phone. <laughs> yeah, just a nice second industrial revolution to get rid of even more jobs. It is really crazy to see how many fast food places are like, yeah, we're closed because no one will work here. It's yeah. like, well, well, why yeah. do they need to work there? Can't we like we should have we should have full f fast food restaurants that are just robots like it can put the burger on the grill. It can put the mayo. Like, I, I don't see why I can't, a robot can't do everything that everyone <laughs> in the restaurant does. And you just, it's drive through only and you just pick it up. You order through an app, like whatever, get it done and make a universal wage. <laughs> All right. Universal, universal live, living wage. wage. And then exactly. in replace, and we have robot uh, restaurant income. <laughs> I'm down. No notes for that at all. Yeah, so that's what we'll eventually get to. But in the meantime, we're here. So how did we get here? Who are you? Where are you from? Who are your guys? This is the Mark Marin WTF intro part. <laughs> oh, man, I feel like we covered so much of that. So I know. Far. Normally, I don't let that <laughs> opening part ramble so long. We're <laughs> going so many weird tangents, but... Felt like we got into it, but now we'll circle back. Who are you? I just are you feel from? like I hit the ground running in podcasts because I'm like, hey, I haven't talked to anyone in weeks. <laughs> wow. So what do you do for yeah. joy? What is your... At this Tell moment in time, <laughs> like pod, yeah. talking to people on the podcast is the most I've talked to people in the last year. <laughs> oh, man. About me. Let's see. I My name is Annika as we... We covered I am hog underscore mild on Twitter or Annika on Twitch. Um, what do Ooh, I have? Annika on Twitch. Oof, God, nailed it. That's like Jack on Twitter. I know. Well, to be fair, I I had a different username. And then when I was working at I was Twitch, say, I was like, can I get that someone. one? And they were like, yeah, why not? So Awesome. Uh, yeah, you got to be a power player to pull off some handle like that, right? Like. In the old days, you had to squat. You had to get there first, first mover advantage, start squatting on the Annika handle or whatever. But you know what? They can just like kick you off and <laughs> put someone else I on. I know. I, I always think about those people that like got into the um, like URL game yeah. early on and uh -huh. got like the really, really good people that just like figured out that the internet was going to be big early on and they yeah. just got like porn.com. And it's like you're brilliant. All the big words, what you think. People are gonna need .com. Just buy it. It's like a hundred bucks. <laughs> it's so smart. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what that's what I have kind of going on. I um, 
like I said, my my day job is I'm a writer. I am just started writing for the YouTube video that Amazon Prime Video owns. So it's all the like um, Prime originals, stuff like The Boys or Them or I need to brush up on other Prime Amazon Prime <laughs> originals. Say, the most generally named things. <laughs> <laughs> the that things that thing, tell you, you know. nothing at all about what it is in the title. <laughs> the Boys, The Dudes, Cats. Check out Guys. <laughs> Tragically, we do not own that one. Um, well, that's very cool. So you're a writer. So how did it all start? When did you start writing? Did you take... We all know you took all those very cool things in school. So you are learned. <laughs> and is this, so is that when you started writing after? or like when... I, Yeah. I um, I didn't start writing until I'd been doing stand-up for a few years. So, yeah, I, I got my degree in linguistics. And I think you would find this interesting, Stephen, because so many of your tweets are just like solid gold wordplay and puns. And uh, where I went to undergraduate, you actually had to create a dissertation, which is not normally something you do in undergraduate. And I wrote my dissertation on puns and on oh, wow. the theories of humor and whether or not they apply to puns. And uh, I did find that every linguistics linguistic theory of humor does not apply to puns, meaning that from a purely linguistic standpoint, there's nothing explaining why puns are funny. It's an um, outlier. So or maybe that's why they're not funny. They're inherently not funny and it, it makes you angry or it's like a different it's a different emotion than humor when you see it. <laughs> that's why they can't explain it. That's why I was thought. I was just like it's not like it's like half the time people are mad about it. <laughs> when it's, it's clever. Yeah. And I think um, yeah, I, clever. we need to I think humans just haven't figured out the emotion that we want towards cleverness ex like, yeah expressing that you realize something was clever like it took your brain a second then when your brain got it your brain was like clever okay. <laughs> like it wasn't yeah, it wasn't like a like laugh right. it's like your brain yeah. wants to uh golf clap for the cleverness exactly so um and and i think we just haven't yet uh evolved to have a feeling for um when you go I appreciate that you just said something clever, but I don't think it's funny. Exactly, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I I, uh, I started stand-up um, in, like, 2004. Um, just... And, and when I started stand-up, I was like, I don't necessarily want this to be, be my, like, be-all, end-all. I think I would rather be writing but like it's it's surprisingly hard to get into writing without making i mean it's not surprisingly hard to get into writing without contacts but it seemed like the quickest way to make contacts was to do stand-up because that's like very much you're you're interfacing with people like directly so i did stand up for a few years and then what city were you uh doing it in yeah i i started out in seattle um and that is a that is a very great scene. It's a scene that I'm really happy I started in. Go Kraken. Pardon? Go Kraken. Yeah. Oh God, I forgot about that. <laughs> That's good. I mean, better, better names, but uh, local ref. <laughs> I think Kraken came around after I left. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> would have been a lot of good jokes you could have made, maybe. <laughs> Cracking a lot of jokes here. Um, and then I moved to San Francisco about four years ago. So uh, this is a really good scene to move into. I really, I like the San Francisco scene because everyone kind of treats stand-up like a job. Not saying that they're yeah. not passionate about it, but like it's just very much everyone's very transparent about like, yeah, I want I want this set to be my Conan set. You know, yeah. this is my late night set. Um, it's a real biz, and, busy industry. Yeah, very busy and very like we were all just like co-workers who were working together. And I, I liked that a lot. Yeah, so the networking or whatever, like once you reach a certain level where you're sort of passed <laughs> around at certain spots, uh, different people give you their approval, quote unquote, you get into that o orbit of the scene and then different shows or whatever are more popular. So you can develop stronger <laughs> contacts if you hit yeah. that next level and sort of like it's up ever upscaling orbit where it's smaller and smaller, like the higher levels you go. But I guess and, the um, yeah. SF sketch fest is like the big thing. It goes like for a month now uh, mm -hmm. out there. Right. So like basically it's like 11 months of, 
or 10 months of getting ready for <laughs> Sketchfest and then a month to recover or something. Oh, yeah. It's like the, everything the revolves around that, right? Always... Like just building to that, and then that's the big thing, and then get ready for next year. Although I guess, I mean, just for laughs is probably... Is is much bigger than that, honestly. Although it's it's a little bit different. different so there's a uh, there's a San Francisco just for laughs. No, there. But there's the um. Oh, there's Mon- the Montreal. One. Montreal. Is, there, is it in Toronto? God, oh, it's, where it, is oh, it? it's in Montreal. Montreal. There we go. Um, but um, but there is an offshoot now. There's two offshoot um, festivals. There is a Toronto one, and there is one in Vancouver. Also, they're called JFL Forty Two. Where they there take 42 acts or whatever and run them around the city. And it's sort of similar, but it's not like, you know, they're trying to expand their brand or whatever. But really, it's Montreal is the one. Yeah. <laughs> like, Montreal is the one. There was one in Toronto, but I was like, oh, that, yeah, that might be an offshoot. It, one it's an offshoot. So. Yeah. So it's not quite the it's not quite the main stage or whatever, right? Like you only Montreal is the J, JFL. So the JFL, the um, JFL, that's Victor. You aren't getting Victor <laughs> at JFL 42. Uh, yeah. So I, I originally got started writing like for, for money, like real money was when I got hired by Zynga to write, um, trivia for a words with friends trivia show. So it was all like word based trivia. And that was so much fun. Writing trivia is a blast. Like it's so, I don't know. It's super, it's super fun to kind of have to come up with questions that you think will be like easier versus harder for people. And um, having to like write questions that can't be Googled where yeah. it's like, you have to come up with like very questions specific. that require pardon. Yeah. Something very specific where you wouldn't be able to generally Google because Google has that thing where you can kind of like ask it and it will give you the summary. They'll give you the short answer right up top. Yeah. And, and a lot of the questions that you have to write for stuff like that requires like knowledge synthesis where it's like this person's middle name is the same as which person's. From what things, you know, where right, you, you got to get like, your okay. brain working on double tracks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, That's so that it, was, so that interesting how you fun. could be like, because I was like, do you just think of like a bunch of questions and then like rate them on how hard they are? Or you're like, all right, time to think of the easy questions. Duh, yeah. What color is a train? Wait, oh my God. That's you hard. Had to start out like you had to start with questions like that because you didn't want to like ramp in difficulty too hard. So like the first questions were literally like what's the name of the planet we live on? Which could actually almost be the harder questions to write because you're like, how do I write questions that 100% of people are going to get without being like patronizing or I don't know. Those were, those were tricky, but um, I ultimately got to move into being the head question editor, which putting them in the right order was a lot easier than coming up with the questions sure. that's yeah level above the the super grunt work yeah the, I, staring I, at a blank page <laughs> exactly and i mean i um i'm really great at bar trivia now except for most sports or history stuff those are just two things that like my brain tries so hard but it just leaks leaks it right out i'm like i don't know sports or history that's tough yeah i mean like general sports i'll get but if it's some sort of stat uh pretty tough i have a wide breadth of trivia knowledge i love trivia used to play this like ntn bar trivia i don't know if you've ever seen that at a bar it's like a bunch of multiple choice questions that just come up on the screen and you can get a little, they give you a little controller. It's like a little keyboard that you can carry around and you put your little name in and you play against other people in the bar and it shows like a score leaderboard and stuff. And it has like regulars. You can come back and like have your account and stuff. Oh, I like that. So my dad was like a regular at a bar. So I would be there (laughs) and I was just like playing trivia and uh, yeah, I loved it. Loved trivia, loved um, playing uh, NTN. So still to this day, love good trivia. So it's really um, cool to think about how people coming uh, are coming up with the questions. So what what app was that? Zynga? I don't know if I know that one. You you know Zynga. They made Farmville. Um, I know Farmville. Definitely yeah. rejected so, a lot of uncle and aunt invites <laughs> on Facebook back in the day for Farmville. Oh, God, I know. And it's still going strong, I learned. Um, 
they have, I learned that there are people, there are like, most app games are like, oh God, like 90% of the people that are playing them give them like no income. And the last 10% are spending like $20,000 a year on this game where wow. it's just obviously like yeah. the rich bored rich. spouse of like a CEO or something. Yeah. Um, and they have like, so the business model for app gaming is really, really skewed compared to like regular gaming. Um, and it's just interesting where it's like they recognize that the majority of their users aren't really going to be a source of income. But like there's this small minority that they're just banking on spending a shit ton of money. And if you're in that minority, they have like special VIP care that they do for them. Oh, and they yeah. have like a account <laughs> manager for them. It's like, so interesting. Call the call the uh, Tetris guy and get a line. <laughs> like, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, like, I know that there are people that there's, like, dedicated account managers at whoever makes Candy Crush that, like, looks after yeah. the people that spend, like, thousands of yeah. dollars. They're like, all right, Miss Peterson's on. She's online right now, guys. All right, hold on. I got to cancel my meetings. <laughs> I need to see if... It's amazing. It's so weird. We but, need um, to get her to hit the high score today. Yeah, right? They're just, like, helping him cheat or whatever. <laughs> like, we got to keep her with us. There's a guy who's, like, phantom playing. <laughs> but he makes it look real. <laughs> Unless you're getting too good at it, in which case it's sort of like card counting in Vegas where they just, like, take you to the back room and break your kneecaps. It's like, you can be good at our game, but not too good at our game. Uh, so I worked on Words with Friends, which is, like, Scrabble. Oof, like that's a big app. one. Yeah, um... And I was like briefly a host for it. So it was it was similar to that app game HQ, if you've heard of it, where it's like a live streamed trivia game just for. You know what? I have heard of it. And it is a, a matter of fact, breaking news right now on this podcast, host of original host of HQ Trivia, Scott Rogowski. Uh, yeah. Going to be a guest next week. He's going to be the guest. On Friends of the Show. Holy shit, really? What a fun coincidence. I cannot believe you would have us rivals on this show back to back. Back um, to back. Look out, folks. Scott seemed really cool, and I know he moved away from HQ, and I'm sure he's doing, like, such bigger and better things. Oh, um, he's, not oh yeah, he's HQ. he's a mover and a shaker. Yeah. <laughs> and he has he cool, was, he has tons of, like, side hustles he's doing where he's, like, selling um his shirts uh on his instagram like vintage tees he's got so many cool clothing yeah. that you can go buy go check out his stuff but i'll promote all that on his episode <laughs> i don't mind go for it uh <laughs> so it was it was a knockoff of that got i briefly it. hosted it fucking shout out to scott for doing that because insane. i did not like it no insane so how long were your little episodes was it the same kind of deal like live totally same yeah. same length it was just of honest to God, just word straight rip word off. Knockoff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at, when it came out, it seemed like HQ was going to take over the world. This is just what everyone was going to be doing all of, like three times a day, every day <laughs> from now on, like during the hype, during the period of it was like millions of people so at many. the same time streaming, like crashing the app every time. And they would grow. It would like be like, sorry, we crashed. We're going to try and do it again <laughs> in half an hour or whatever. Exactly. Like, and that's part of the problem with that model is like, Right now, any sort of live streaming is still so, it can still be so buggy that, like, the moment money factors into it, you're now raising your stakes so much higher because people having their app crash. I mean, I see live streams on Twitch crash where no one has money involved and they're like, God, this is the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me. And then to have it be, a thing where you can be winning money yeah. and suddenly your app crashes. Like it's, it's really high stakes. So I'm not, I am not shocked that it sort of waned in popularity for now. Yeah, definitely. But pretty cool at the time. And I'm sure some iteration of that will be back. Like at the time it was like, everyone was blue skying it. Like, Oh yeah, we could watch, we'll just watch like 15 minute sh shows on our phone or whatever, like all the time. Like, uh, not yet. <laughs> Not quite yet. There's definitely, there's a huge market for that in, in Asia and spe specifically China has this like insanely huge, um, 
mobile gaming market. And right now, mobile gaming, I think, in the U.S. is still sort of considered, like, quote-unquote, not real gaming. But I'm like, there's a lot of money to be made in mobile gaming. So I'm curious yeah. to see what happens with that in the future. Like, uh, are you on your phone right now? Hmm. <laughs> you like fun I, video games? Hmm. Yeah, oh, my God. Someone... Uh, someone on on Twitter recommended like a mobile gaming game to me where you just have to like sort water different colored oh, like yeah, I saw that. full of yes it's so it's literally called like water flow game um, and it is very nice it's a good like um, if you just want to like watch TV but not really watch TV it's a really good thing to have like it's a good TV app you know. Yeah, all these kind of like little puzzle games, like they're so simple and yet so effective that they're little ads or whatever. When you just see someone playing, you're like, I want to solve the puzzle. <laughs> exactly. You're like, but you're you're doing a puzzle. I can do a I puzzle. I could do it. Crazy. <laughs> like I could do that one. I know right. the water is different colors, but I would know which color to pour. <laughs> However it gets you, like those apps are nuts. I guess we need to, I need to start thinking of what, what uh, app to develop for uh, for the mobile gaming industry? Oh God, mm. it's so funny. My favorite thing is looking at like the the off brand apps that you find on mobile gaming, where instead of being like Grand Theft Auto, it's like big steel car, and it's <laughs> like a terrible knockoff of like some mainstream video game with the name just like slightly changed. That's a world that I think is just. Just beautiful. I mean, it's been around forever. We've all got like bootleg video games. I remember I had a, uh, I mean, dad got me this like 10,000 in one NES game for original NES. And it was all of these like uh, games that were like ripped onto this one uh, cartridge and you could go and select it. But it was really like, I don't know, maybe like 50 or 60 to 100 different like simple games. And then a different skin <laughs> on exactly. all of them. Right. So it was like one of them was like Duck Hunt. And then the other one was like uh, Alligator Shoot. And it was like an alligator <laughs> instead of a duck. And you would shoot it with a different color laser or something. And it was like that for the whole every single game. Just like 50 or 60 different versions of every single game. And I love that. You know what? Like capitalize where you can. I think that's amazing. I was pretty happy with those 50 or 60 games or whatever. There was a strip rock, paper, scissors. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast. Oh, good Lord. And it Tell was like you um, choose your uh, rock, paper, or scissors in your little hand. And then there's like a robot hand that is scrolling through rock, paper, and scissors. So if you click it and you beat the uh, computer, a piece of the Sailor Moon looking anime <laughs> girl's <laughs> costume goes away. <laughs> and uh, so we got down to the end. And at the end, it's just going like, it's just completely like luck. And oh, we got wow. it. And there was no nipples. Really? It was just like it Barbie boobs? It was Barbie boobs. <laughs> no! The betrayal. Huge betrayal for 12 or 13-year-old me. The, uh, the market for like horny games, and this is definitely, I won't go too oh, into yeah. detail with this aside, but like, I and and this is publicly anyone can see which games are banned from being streamed on Twitch. Um, and there's there are some awful awful games out there. Um, so is, is there, there like some, a, an X rated Twitch? Was there like an uh, tw uh, tr Twitch or something like R rated <laughs> Twitch or Twitch with Twix with Twix with three X's? Three X's. I you know probably. Um, I mean, if there's not, but, well, you just proved that there's a market for it. I mean, some of those games no one should watch or play. They're awful. But there were a few, like, one was BMX, but, like, the X's at the end were, like, XXX, which Ooh. I think, as far as I could tell, is just uh, women BMX biking naked, which I was always like, that's not even hot. Like, that's... Right, yeah. That's <laughs> uncomfortable. I don't... That one didn't super make sense to me. And then one that i legitimately was bummed that is banned from twitch is called porn tycoon and it's just like roller coaster tycoon where you like run a porn studio yeah. and you have to like 
you know, yeah. upgrade and get new sets and like hire new actors and and yeah, you gotta have your this. stable of actors. Exactly, and it's just like that one. I just am like, and it's not even on Steam. It's not even like I, I don't think it's ever like actually explicit at any point. Um, like it's the literally Sims or just like how to run a business. Wow. Um, so I kind of want to play that just cause I'm like, that actually sounds really interesting. So. Yeah. It's just like regular, like a Sims type uh, game. Exactly. I'm like, I think Sims could probably be, you know, more salacious than this one is. I think they do stick a lot of salaciousness into the Sims and, uh, sneaky stuff like that under, and it gets by <laughs> a lot of sensors, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, very cool. Well, we're already 45 minutes in. I haven't even got into many of my things, um, including... Oh, I'm sorry. Don't apologize for being a great Twitter guest. <laughs> a great podcast guest. Um, so for Twitter, you came on and you're doing jokes, doing hilarious jokes, and you've gone viral with some tweets. What are some of your viral tweets? Oh, here's one. If I was a professional dominatrix, I'd advertise myself as propane and propane accessories. And my company would be called King of the Hill. Thank you. Goodbye forever. (laughs) You know, I mean, I know you know this because you've had viral tweets. You have those ones from like, God, when is that one from? Like 2017 or like 2016? Yeah, it's it's cropped out on this image (laughs) that I'm looking at. Do you know? Well, the picture's not cropped out. You're looking jacked yeah. on it. Yeah, that first of all, the the already the avatar that I was using <laughs> when I did that joke was uh, um, me doing a stand-up show or doing a stand-up set at a burlesque show, and I like panicked because I was like, "Oh my god, I'm I'm fully dressed. I don't I don't. This audience is gonna hate me." So I just like took my shirt off, and I'm just like doing stand-up in a bra and jeans, and like. I had a great set and I would have had a great set just fully clothed. But of (laughs) course my avatars of this joke that like I've had several bosses and employers be like, Oh, I thought that was a funny tweet is just me yelling into a microphone and a bra. But, um, that's one of those like old ones, you know, where it got viral and then it just keeps showing up again. And it's, you're just like, Oh God, that one's been around forever. Like you, do you have tweets like that? Yep, yeah, they just uh, show up and the images can circulate and recirculate. Whenever someone repicks it up or reposts it, it can go and do another little loop. And you're like, usually you don't get notified about that kind of stuff, but sometimes you'll see it appear or someone will send it to you. <laughs> you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. That was 2015. <laughs> it's so, and and you know this as well, where like, it's, it, not to, you know, get all, not sour grapes, I don't know the term, but. It, it is exciting when you have a tweet that goes viral. You're like, oh, cool. I'm, I, people like me. But you hit a certain, like, um, like, you hit a certain point, and now the people that are replying to your tweets are, like, normie Twitter, where they're just, like, they think they're, like, adding on to the joke, and it's just terrible, or they're the ones that, like, apropos nothing you're just like i'm gonna tweet about a nice thing and someone's like just you should just go die and you're like what what prompted that you know so you hit this certain point with like tweets going viral where suddenly it just becomes bad you're just like please you're being really super weird right now um i had one Uh, my favorite moment of that was a tweet that I had that went viral not that long ago, which was um, a tweet that said the existence of mean girls implies the existence of median girls, mode girls and range girls, just a fun little stats joke. And people liked it. And then it eventually hit that point of no return. Mm -hmm. And someone was like, Oh, well I looked at the, this, the, you know, poster for mean girls and it's a bunch of scantily clad women. And this is why women don't want to go into STEM because they're like the butt of jokes. And I'm like, the whole point of that movie is that you can be a woman who is into math and still be cool. Well, (laughs) that's like the B plot to it, but it was just like, 
you get to that point in Twitter where you're like, you are no longer a normal human being. This has hit the just the absolute like grease trap of Twitter where <laughs> yeah. you're just like, oh, this is there's nothing good coming from this anymore. Yeah, I like to think of that as the fringe behavior that you only see when you get these super viral tweets. But, you know, because normally it doesn't happen, but the regular tweet, you get 100 likes or whatever, you're like, that's fine. But when you get 300,000 likes, you have Isabella argument replying, please do not <laughs> use this in your teaching. As a woman with a PhD in statistics, I can vouch that it will be and is offensive to some of your female students. It's easy these days to randomly pull off stuff from social media, but we need to be thoughtful about its impact. Yep, like, that is up. the direct quote from her. Shut, shut up. I just feel so... I... and. I even, you know, when she said that, and I always mute tweets at that point, but I think because it was like a quote tweet, it showed up or like someone had like taken a photo of my tweet and then quoted it. So I still got tagged. And I even responded to her where I was like, oh, totally. You know, actually, if you watch this movie, it's like really, really positive. Oh, about, yeah. Look, I like, hear your replies are like, don't be rude to this lady. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, just th this is actually fine. Um, and then she blocked me and I was like, come on, man. I was trying to You're like, defending her. Yeah. I'm like trying, you know, it's as you, I'm sure, well, know, it, it is. It can be hard to. I think we all tend to like lose our humanity on the Internet um, where. Yeah, especially if you're at, uh, operating from a place of uh, anonymity. <laughs> yeah. If you so, if you believe that, then uh, you're more likely for that sort of stuff to can come out more easily. Exactly. And I do this like I can be mean to people on the Internet when I they probably didn't deserve it just because, yeah, it, you know, no one's really past that. But. I do generally try to like, oh, well, here's like a good, here's a good teachable moment. And then which we the all need. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just, yes, we like do. We, we like, are all on the internet for the first time in human history. <laughs> like we're all exactly. the first internet users. We're just figuring this out in a hundred years. They're going to be like, oh, wow, that really messed them up. Cause they didn't know how to use the internet. Right. They, they were just like screaming at each other on these posts forums or whatever and before they learned that we're all humans and we should be working together we're all the same instead of different you know oh way to go future society you're you're ahead of the game yeah we are just the we're the first uh experiments with that oh and it is just going so well well it's but, like um, yeah the people who got the first cars they didn't realize you needed a seatbelt. just <laughs> didn't think about it bunch of people died a lot of people died. And then, oh, we should probably put a seatbelt in. Save some people. Still going to get a lot of people dying from the car, but save but some people. But just a little bit less. A little yeah. bit less, right? So we're on that. We're still on that curve. <laughs> how many years later? So think about how many years the internet's been around, how far the curve's going to go, what we're going to look like. <laughs> and obviously the, 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 you know, Occam's razor points to the obvious solution to this being you have to wear a seatbelt when you're on the internet. Like you just, we need an internet like... seatbelt. I think that is true. It's, yeah. I'm sure it's analogous to something that will be invented in the future where it's like <laughs> you write something really harmful that could like get you in trouble, like legally or libeling someone or whatever. And you press post and your computer's like, Oh, 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 you can't post that because it's le illegal, so don't do not do it. And you're so like, no, I'm posting it. it. And you're like, no, I'm just not going to let you post that for now. I know. There's just some... It, what bothers me, though, is like, oh, God, the number of times I've just wanted to, like, tweet at Nancy Pelosi to tell her to go fuck herself. And I'm like, okay, just one example. And then I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to get suspended for... You could, yeah that and i'm like yeah but you should there should be the there should be a list of people and i fully recognize that this is absolutely a slippery slope into hell but just give me a list of people where it's okay just let me bully them let me bully elon musk like no harm's gonna come out of that yeah just let me do it just have a list of people where it's like okay this one's allowed you know that would be great if there was that but there isn't so <laughs> we shouldn't be bullying let's be like those people 100 years from now we're all the same we're all in this together if we get through this first uh what wave are we on fourth third wave of the global pandemic that we're currently in third wave of ska if we can make it through that we can make it through anything oh how many more waves it's coming <laughs> back 
It's coming back. Are you on TikTok? I uh, saw that there's like ska, a certain ska revival part of TikTok that's come. That's uh, wow. Has I appeared? I'm not on TikTok, and the reason I'm not, and and this isn't like a I'm an old person who doesn't understand new things. I think TikTok's great, um, but it I don't like that it auto plays with sound. Like I TikTok is an app made for single people or people that do not scroll through their phone at bedtime. Cause like, I just, I need it to be, I need to have the option to turn sound on and not just autoplay. Hmm. Interesting. 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 That's just thought. my old person gripe about it. Yeah. You can turn the volume down. Uh, I guess that would be oh, like a workaround. <laughs> um, all, basically every video is captioned. Uh, and as is what has happened over time, because they know that people are scrolling with sound off as, and people are uploading to multiple because no one single video streaming, small, short video streaming service has currently solidified itself as the number one. I mean, TikTok is that, but their YouTube and Instagram are like fighting for it. And I guess Snapchat a little bit. So we'll see which one, probably TikTok, but however it works out. It's the small videos that are going to take over. The short videos. I like one thing I like about TikTok is because everyone's captioning it, it kind of inherently has this built-in accessibility to it, um, which I think is really cool. It is good, and there's a lot of things that will auto-caption, and some of the auto-captions are funny because they're saying one thing and they don't check what the caption is and it just comes up as whatever the thing thought it was. Oh no, <laughs> I um, I have captions on my Twitch stream and I think mo most people that use them um, sort of recognize like They'll they're, they're good enough at reading captions that they're like, I can use context clues to figure out kind yeah. of what this person meant. But yeah, um, probably didn't say cheese alligator. <laughs> It was probably something exactly. else. Like, probably, probably cheeseburger, maybe. Although watching, you know, watching my videos back, it makes me realize like how everyone is bad at this, but how bad I am at speaking in like complete coherent sentences right. where <laughs> everyone will start a sentence and then be like, oh, but then this and then sort of trail off. And I'm like, this is impossible. Even if these captions were right, they're still really hard to follow. Very hard. Um, so I guess we'll make this the last thing that I touch on. Twitch streaming. Was so when you're hosting, is that like you gotta talk the whole time? You're talking to the chat, you got a little box, you flip in between stuff. Flip in between. Um, I, I watched a bit of your stream, but I didn't uh I didn't like chatter. Um I didn't uh we didn't do a raid. <laughs> I don't know what that's chatting is. scary though. I realize like I, I never I hope people that watch Twitch don't feel like they have to chat because I rarely do because it makes me really nervous because I don't know like it's it's the, the nature of Twitch where it's one person speaking verbally to a bunch of people who are typing is already like the animal part of your brain. So weird. Is, exactly. Yeah, it's super weird. So um, weird. Like even on TikTok, they have that. Um, so once you're a creator on TikTok that you get over a thousand, then you can go live. So all these people are going live and that's where they're really pushing all these lives but it's every live is just someone staring at their phone like with a glassy eye like trying to keep up with the chat and then just like replying to random chats like you don't even know what they're replying to they're just like saying seemingly unrelated uh, information so and sentences weird. and you see that with twitch too where like the big stream streamers like the ninjas and the pokemains like they they physically cannot read their chat because it's just nonstop. And oftentimes it's an emote only because like anyone who's it's, typing stuff, it's going to just be... it go by. I think exactly. the other thing is that they have created is um, like super chats. Do they have that or something like that where you can pay like I'll pay five bucks and my chat will show up and it'll stay on the screen for like 30 seconds. Is that for TikTok? No, it's for YouTube, but I was wondering if it was for Twitch also. Oh, man. I, not that I... I don't know that that's a thing yet, just because figuring out how to... The monetization on that, I think, would be kind of tricky, just because wh how, what percentage of that $5 goes to, like, the streamer versus the site? Because, like, at Twitch, any sub, like, any subscription is half and half for... 
like affiliates out of the $5 get 250 and then the site gets 250 but even for partners it's that same split and it isn't until you're like one of like the top tier partners that you actually get to negotiate on that at all mm. um so i don't i don't know if there's anything like that but monetizing twitch is really really hard and i think people who are interested in streaming on Twitch, like, I think you should. I think it's a lot of fun. It's just good practice to learn how to try to say things coherently while multitasking, playing a game or whatever. And it's interesting to learn how to, like, how do I create a brand around myself? And how do I, um, like, what do I want my brand to be? And how do I look at analytics and figure out what works for me and what doesn't? I think that's a really cool thing that especially people that are interested in writing or content creation should definitely try to figure out how to do. Um, but it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of different moving parts. Uh, the, the best thing in the world you can do for yourself if you do want to stream is just get a second monitor because, like, having your game on one monitor and chat, yeah. And you got to do it uh, consistently. You got to do it regularly. You got to uh, reply to the chats. The fun thing, the funny thing I noticed with Twitch, like I just signed up, whatever, like uh, a few months ago, probably before I like restarted this podcast, and be like, I'll just check it out, checked you out, checked a few other people out, pals out, and see uh, what they're streaming. And um, it was a lot of gamification of those uh, branding type um, challenges by Twitch. So it's like get one follower get five followers get one person in the chat get three people chatting at once so it's like all these like little milestones where you would accumulate points or something where it's like unlock these challenges and become a great streamer like i found that it sort of like guided you to do those kind of things it's like make sure you stream 100 days in a row (laughs) so if you stream 100 days in a row you get this Hundred days in a row streaming badge or whatever. And that doesn't mean any like the only the only things that and everyone knows that doesn't mean anything. Like the things that matter are the things you need to do to become an affiliate, which is allow which is what allows you to begin the process of monetization, and then the things that allow you to be a partner. All that other stuff that's like the empire business, get people talking. Yeah. It's just it's it's just meaningless goals for people to work towards which is great yeah gets them back to the site right gets them back on twitch gets them back streaming i so badly want twitch to get some sort of competition with mixture folding i'm just like oh yeah should have a monopoly that's like so um guy who left twitch and went to that (laughs) for how long was it uh was ninja did that he left right he left for Oh my god! Until it yeah. folded, like six he, months, eight months. A oh, year. he left for longer than that. I think it was like a couple of years. He got obviously like a multi-million dollar deal, and this is not like insider trading. This is stuff that everyone knows. But and then after leaving, he on Twitter just like talked so much shit about Twitch, which is fair. Like people should be allowed to criticize the platform. I'm fine with that. Um, but he's not allowed to because he's a, just a dorky little loser. Um, and then he. <laughs> Once Mixer folded, he tucked his tail and came right back to Twitch. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah that's yeah, maybe you why you go? shouldn't burn bridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just say nothing. <laughs> just say, yeah, like, uh, criticize all you want. That's good. That's great. But Or maybe after 10 years of being the number one Mixer streamer, then you can say, you know what? I made the right decision. <laughs> here's, what, here's, what they, here's what sucks about Twitch. But maybe not... <laughs> First day. I think that's just the danger of that's what happens when your entire job is just a cult of personality around you is like it's not even the fault of these like huge TikTokers or huge streamers that like they don't necessarily understand like hey maybe there are times where you should shut up you know because they have never had to do that in their lives and they've actually spent most of their lives with their personalities and their opinions being like their source of income so that in situations where it's like hey maybe you don't need to do that right now they don't have the perspective for that so can't everything's content in this new society i would never want to be a full-time content creator on that note like (laughs) you are constantly like okay i need to download my vod and put it on youtube okay everything every day (laughs) oh my god you're always working it i know kids these days are all like 
I'm going to grow up to be a content creator. And it's like, don't. It is, you never stop working. The moment one of your tweets gets like 10% less likes, you're suddenly like, cool, I'm washed up. Like, it don't, <laughs> don't do it. Ah, uh, the f- problem, future problems. <laughs> Oh, well, Annika, I think we've done it. We've reached a full podcast hour, so thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was very fun. Got to talk about a lot. Didn't even talk about half the stuff, but (laughs) it's great. Yeah, great stand-up. Everyone got to go check out hog underscore mild on Twitter. Check out the show notes for all the links to uh, the Twitch and the the tweets, the Twitter, anything else I can link to. No, I think that's pretty much that's pretty much everything. God knows Instagram and Facebook are absolutely dead in the water, at least for me. Yeah, so. no, do not do not f with those things too much. Actually, I posted a Mother's Day thing on Instagram today, <laughs> so a little bit still on Instagram, but um, not much. So good to get off of those things. If you're still on them, just spend a little less time on those. And thanks again, Annika. And we will say our goodbyes as I play the podcast theme. <laughs> so thanks again for coming on. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for having me on, Stephen. I had a blast. This is super fun. Super fun on my end, too. And everyone, go have a great day also. <laughs> yeah. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Annika. Isn't she so cool? You simply must be following her on Twitter at GogurtJizz. Yeah, it changed mid-episode. And go watch her do a stream on Twitch. Link in the show notes. If you're a new listener, TYVM, WTF took you so long, JKLOL. If you'd like to check out all the past episodes, just visit www.stevenwskinner.com or visit uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Pod Temple. Remember, leave a rating and review. Follow at FOTSPod on Twitter and find posts about the latest episodes whenever they get posted. And you can follow me on Twitter at SkinnerSteven, where the jokes are. Special thanks to Ruby Coast for the music. Special thanks to Kyle I. Davidson for the theme. And extremely special thanks to you so much for listening. I am Stephen W. Skinner. Have a great one.